Welcome to Excel Leadership, an organization devoted to navigating enterprise on the high seas. Core values, core leadership, and core training. Dr. Bill Purvis is the leader of one of America's megachurches, a highly sought-after motivational speaker, and founder and CEO of Excel Leadership. Businesses and industries today spend enormous amounts of money on training and wonder why they aren't seeing the results of these expenditures. Excel Leadership delivers results. Excel Leadership challenges you to grow in your personal life, leadership skills, and alignment of core values to achieve your maximum potential. Let's listen in as Bill speaks to a live audience of people just like you who are eager to grow in their leadership skills. All right, today you've got your notes there in front of you. Let me just pick it up and take off with when is it time to uh, make a career change? Well, it may be time when the boss tells you. You know, that, that could be time. Uh, that's, that's probably the easiest way to, to have to know. But if, you, but if you're waiting on yourself rather than your boss to have to tell you when, then uh, let me give you some info here. We'll fill in the blanks, and we'll talk about that particular subject today. Uh, we mentioned Stephen Covey said there's no point in working really hard at climbing the ladder to success if the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Uh, it's time to change careers when you hate what you're doing in life. Uh, I heard, and we probably see it all, there's a TV program now called The Apprentice. The other night they did an interview with Donald Trump, and he said, he said the fact is, is you, ought, you should not do a job you don't love to do. He said, I love doing what I do, and that's why I do it, and it's not work to me. And, uh, and I know people think, oh, yeah, if I had what you do, I'd love doing that. But the fact is, it's probably pretty hot in his seat, too. But because he loves it, it helps him to get through those difficult times. And so if you're miserable, you're cheating yourself, and you're really cheating your employer. I think it's really foolish to, to, uh, to go in and get a check from somewhere that you hate to work for. It's not right to the people you work for. If you don't like the place, then do them a favor and walk away. If you're going to complain about the job, do them a favor and walk away. Don't take their check if you don't take the workload. And, uh, and, and so... You have to understand, that's, just a, that's an integrity deal. That, that's really where that comes in character. Now, ask yourself these questions, though, before you bail out or before you get ready to make that move. Number one, what is my passion? That is, what, what I really get my deepest joy from. What energizes me, what I like doing. I could never imagine uh, Keith Williams doing much more than, than selling houses. And, and, and while he could probably do other things, great. The thing that he does is he makes that so exciting. I mean, that's just, you, those of you that are in real estate, you know, you, you have that passion about that and those things you do. Uh, I believe that it ought to be, we ought to come back to that whistle while we work. You know, the, the doing the job that we just like doing. I talked to a man the other day and I said, what are you doing? He crunches numbers. He said, I love it. I just love being able to move them around and make a savings here and negotiate there. I just love that stuff. Now, I don't, but he does. And if he loves that, then he ought to be doing something he gets paid for doing that for. And it energizes him. If you're playing out of your strength and out of your gift and out of what brings you energy, all you're doing is draining yourself and, and your hours are longer. So the key is, what do I really love to do? The, uh, the second one is this, what are my values? Now, value is something that you believe in. It's, a, it's, your, it's what makes you draw the lines. Uh, if your values are that you, you believe in honesty, integrity, ethics, and those sort of things, you're never going to be happy in a company that doesn't value those things. You'll have a hard time with that. I remember a guy that went to work for a particular company that told me, he said, I went to this job because it was a lot of money, and it looked like a good way to, to get, uh, get financially stable fast. He said, but they brought me in the back room, and they taught me all these secrets. 
And he said, and all the secrets they taught me were unethical things. Here, and, and it was in a restaurant business. And they were saying, listen, you water this down, and you, you know, your first drink, make it strong. The rest of them, you water it down. And you always sell them, you know, tell them, I'm bringing you the big steak, but go about an ounce shorter. And you always make sure that you load them up with this. And, and he said, by the time I got through after my first day of just orientation, I said, I did not realize how many restaurants I said and how much I'd been cheated. And he said, and, and then how they divvy up the tab. And they said, and, and he said that one of the worst, I think the, the thing that broke the back for him was in this particular chain, which by the way is out of business now. They had one in Columbus out of business. But he said, they said, always make a mistake on the, on the ticket and go a little higher. And they would, they would charge more than what they were promised. And, and that little bit, that 10 cent per customer, that, you know, overall would, would dally up. And he came to me and said, Pastor, I thought it was going to be a great move. He said, everything they did was about how do we cheat them? How do we, can we cheat them here? Can we cheat them here? Can we cheat them here? And he said, I just couldn't live with that. See, if he'd have gone there and worked there after a while, he would have probably dropped his values because he'd have liked the comfort, liked the money, and ultimately he wouldn't have been as, uh, as honorable as he was deciding on the front end, my values don't match. So we say choose the work that emphasizes and supports your values, make decisions based on your values, refuse to compromise where your values come in. There's got to be a line all of us draw that we say we'll walk away. There's got to be a place we say, I, I just can't do that. I won't do that, and, and, I, and I cannot live with that. And, and if your God is the dollar, the danger is that you'll make a lot of compromises for it. The dollar will demand more from you than you can really give. So uh, have some good core values in your life up front. Figure out what they are and live by those. Number three, what are my strengths? You've got to figure out what your strengths are. Talents, if I, uh, you know, we say talents are what you're naturally good at. To become a strength, the talent's got to be nurtured through knowledge and practice. You've got to know, where, where am I good and where am I not? The other night, I was with this, uh, with this particular guy. He's a good teacher. He's a great teacher. I mean, he, he's a better teacher than I am. He's, that's his gift. That's his passion. Uh, he, his, his, his conversation doesn't, his tone doesn't move as, as much as mine, but he is a very good teacher, thorough. And yet it came time at the end to do a closure. And he looked over there and said, Bill, will you come up and close this? And so I went up and did the closure, and the closure was, this is what he said, and how do we act on it, and did that. And we had a response. And when it was over with, I said, you caught me by surprise. He said, when I saw you sitting there, I realized I'm not good at closing. He said, I'm good at teaching. Everybody's brother comes, but I can't get anybody to act on what I've said. He said, but you're good at moving people into, into the place. So he said, I knew that I would fail at that point. Now, what he was doing was smart. He said, I recognize my strength. And the best thing you can do is figure that out. That's why you don't want a lot of yes people around you all the time. Because they'll just say what you want. And then you'll get out there with the egg on your face later. So the greatest way to know if I'm going to make that career change is I need to ask, what are my strengths? I told you that story. Guy picked me up at the airport over in Lynchburg, Virginia. Was taking me somewhere. Man, he was just happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. And the whole time he's talking, I said, you like your job, don't you? He said, yeah. And I said, uh, he said, you ought to see where I used to work. He said, I love to talk. I love to be with people. He said, I used to be a security guard. He said, man, I'd have to walk around buildings all night long and not a soul there. He said, drove me nuts. Worst job, hated it. He said, I, I love today. My job is I go pick up people from the airport, take them over to this university and let them speak, take them back. He said, I enjoy being with people. He said, it's fun. And you could tell he, he, he liked what he did. But he was, a, he was a guy that wanted to be with people. And his first job was walking around hoping somebody would break in so he'd have somebody to talk to. So he didn't have, he didn't have a match. Number four, 
<coughs> when it's time to change careers, ask this question. What is my mission? That is, what am I trying to achieve? I believe that a lot of people don't know what they want in life. You know, they, they say, I know I want to do something. Well, what? Define it. Make it clear. I don't know what, but I, but I just want to do something. And I believe that all of us ought to have a life mission. I talked to a guy last night that called me on the phone. He's 47 years of age. He's really been places. I mean, he used to pack stadiums when it came to, uh, when it came to his singing. And we have not seen each other in four or five years. And he called me last night. And when he called, Debbie said, either he's in jail or in trouble. She's, <laughs> she said, oh, or something good's happened. And I said, let's hope something good's happened. Well, I got on the phone. Bill, I just want to tell you, you won't believe this. We just had a baby, his first baby, 47 years of age. For the longest time, he dated hundreds of girls, and he never, you know, nobody ever thought he'd get married. And this one girl that hooked him, we were just kind of saying, wow, she got that. Now she got a baby out of him. He's happy as can be. I said, well, what are you doing? He said, I've just decided the number one goal of my life is I'm going to be the best daddy in the world. He said, I can't stop kissing this little girl, hugging this little girl, carrying her from room to room. He said, I'll tell you, this is the greatest thing in the world. And here's this guy that if you knew him, he's a good-looking thing. He's got, he can charm, we used to say he could charm the chrome off a bumper. I mean, he just, unbelievable charming. You'd go up to the airport, and I'd fly with him sometime, we'd go up to the airport, and he'd start talking to the girl, and she'd just be all gooey-eyed because he's so good-looking and all that stuff. And I used to say, would you come on? Because he's, you know, he'd be getting names and phone numbers. We'd get on a plane. Her name is Sally. She lives at so-and-so. And I used to say, my soul and body, you, you gonna, you know, I don't even want to be with you. You're killing me. But he finally gets married. Now he's a dad. But he figured out his mission. I want to be the best dad in the world. And if that's going to be his mission, that's good. At least he knows where he's going. My life and your life's got to be one we say, what's our mission? Number, number five, when it's time to change careers, ask, what's my plan? Now, I would suggest do your homework and write it out. Don't just get tired of where you are and quit. If you do that, you need somewhere to land, okay? And so you need to figure out, if I'm going to leave, I'm going to go over here. Now, in most cases, if you're older, you're going to have to take a pay cut. In most cases, you have to go back and start a little bit. Now, if you're good and you bring the bacon, you'll get back up. There's no, no question about that. But you need to at least have some kind of plan before you jump. That's why I would tell you this. Don't ever make a decision in the valley. If you're going to quit your job, don't quit it when everything's bad. Quit when everything's good. When you're in the valley in life, all you see are the mountains around you. You don't see anything but problems. If you're going to quit, wait till you're on top. When everything's going good, when you're making the sales and bringing in the business, that's the time that you can decide, I can see clearly now, so I'm going to quit. I've always said if I walked away from here, I'd walk away on top. Wouldn't walk away under pressure. Uh, you want to walk away when, you, when you're on top because, as I say, you can see clearly. Had a teenage girl one time wanted to run away from home. She said, I'm going to run away from home. And I said, why? My mama won't let me do this. My daddy won't let me do that. And I said, listen, that's not the time to run away. The time to run away is when everything's good, when they say, here's the keys to the car. You know, here's phone privileges. Date who you want. You don't have to come in at 11. Come in at 12. I said, then walk away. She said, why would I walk away then? I said, at least if you did it then, you'd be thinking. You'd be doing it with your head. When you run under pressure, you'll run all your life. And people that collapse under pressure are the kind of people that they really don't get far in life. The people that get on the top are the people that make the decisions when they're on the top. And they're the people, by the way, when they're on top, they're not afraid to make the big decision. They don't hold on then and say, well, I'm afraid I'm making more now than ever. And though I've been miserable, I'll just ride it out. They'll say, I've got the guts enough to go ahead and make the call now because I'm here and I can see clear. So make a plan. Three reminders before you make a career change. Number one, don't leap before you look. Now, now you know that. That's obvious. Number two, 
realize a fad can be bad. Don't pursue the hot career field unless it's a good fit for you. There are a lot of fads out there. I, I knew a guy that sold everything he had one time and went after some particular fad to open this new business, going to make all kind of money. And I mean, in no time, he was standing in the front door downtown screaming, come in, and he's, now he's giving away everything, and, uh, and he's just not making it. Good fad. It was hot for the moment, but would it last? Uh, number three, friends can be enemies of your best interest. Friends can be enemies of your best interest. Just because a friend is doing well in a career doesn't mean that you will. You may, your neighbor may be making good money doing something that you are not equipped to do. And so just because they are and you've got to keep up with the Joneses, uh, don't let that temptation lure you. The, uh, ask yourself those five questions at the beginning and realize this. The advantage of a career change is a better fit between your interests and your skills, your talents, your values, and the greater satisfaction. I really believe that if you find the fulfillment in what you do, if you love putting together what you do and you enjoy it, it gives you energy, you're probably in the right place. Keep growing in it. If you're in a place, though, that you're every day you hate going to, you don't like the people, you don't like the work, you don't like any of it. If you're in that position, then what happens is, is all you're doing is making yourself older before your time. And you don't want to look back one day and say, well, I had to stay in there because of the money. I had to stay in there because I didn't have nothing else. I'll be honest with you. I think survival is one of the greatest motivations for making this work. You know, when people have made some, some situations where the pressure's out there and they say, I'm out here, somehow that survival kicks in and they're a little hungrier. I called a man, a great salesman, the other day and asked him, he said, how do I hire salespeople? Because we're doing some stuff with Excel. And uh, he said, well, you pay them this and this. And I said, okay, yeah, but you're an owner now. How would you do he said, oh, now that I'm an owner? He said, let me tell you what I figured out. My best ones are commission only. He said, commission only people are a lot hungrier than people that know the check's coming in. And he said, you'll be amazed at how well they do. He said, don't put a lid on them. Don't, don't stop them somewhere. Don't let the bean counters in the back office say, well, the sales guys are making too much money because the sales is what's bringing it in. He said, but the truth is, when you're hungry, it's amazing what you'll do. And, uh, and so you've learned that, if anything, off Survivor. Those hungry folks will eat anything. And so when, when you want to make it to the top, follow some of those guidelines, trust your gut, and remember, you won't always have all the answers. It won't always be clear and laid out. There's always the risk. There's always the element of, of faith. There's always the element of it can fail. But anything that also has great risk for failure probably has good risk for success. If you're the right person, you can fit in there. And so if it's easy, everybody would be doing it. Figure out what you're going to do. Match it up to what your values, your talents, your skills, your abilities are. And then make your life course follow that kind of path. If you are listening to a borrowed copy of this lesson, consider becoming an Excel Leadership member. Visit our website at www.excel-leadership.com. That's xcel-leadership.com or call 1-800-474-9235. Each month, you'll receive an audio lesson, informative lesson outlines, an attractive library-quality storage binder to organize your material, plus an opportunity to purchase Excel Leadership Mentoring Tools at a discount. Don't miss out on future lessons. Contact Excel Leadership today at www.excel-leadership.com. Excel Leadership, providing you with professional leadership training.